three, two, one. All right, we are trying to go on live. Yes, we are on live on Facebook now. Yay! Okay, we are live on Facebook now, and I'm going to share it with the group. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, if you are um, here with us for the first time, either you're viewing uh, with us live on YouTube or Facebook, um, you can always go to either Facebook or YouTube, Interchange, or if you are in YouTube, you can always find us on Facebook group, The Platinum Platform. The Platinum Platform. And if you were to, if you now, if you are looking at us now, and you move forward, if you prefer to go on YouTube, uh, you can go to youtube.com slash C slash talk about life. YouTube slash C slash talk about life. Or simply tinyurl.com slash talkaboutlife. tinyurl.com slash talkaboutlife. And yes, we are on live both on YouTube and Facebook. And if you are with us right now, um, you are with Vicky Esther Chang myself. Um, Broadcasting to you uh, from Singapore. It is 10.49 p.m. and it's prime time on YouTube and Facebook in Singapore. Um, welcome to Singapore, Colette. Um, Colette, would you like to say hello to everyone um, and tell us who you are, where you're from, uh, where you are right now? Yeah, I'm really excited to be back for part two of this, you know, continuing from last week. So I'm Colette Gallagher and I am over here in San Diego, California, specifically Carlsbad, California, and um, the very south right near Mexico. Um, early morning here, it's almost 8 a.m. So now it's the morning commute here. So hopefully people are listening on their way to work. And um, yeah, a little bit about me. I am a transformational life coach. So I've spent years, um, I got a degree in psychology. I am so fascinated by humans and the way our minds work and why we do what we do, why we choose the things that we choose. Um, why we settle for things, um, relationships, why we get into relationships and then they end up just going horribly south. I mean, all of these things have always fascinated me ever since I was a little kid based on my childhood experiences. I talked a little bit about that in our last show with my mom and the abuse and the things that I've experienced. And so it always just fascinated me why, like how those things come to be. And so, um, yeah, I've spent 20 years learning about even more personal development, self-help, just healing myself first. Um, I was super depressed in my 20s due to a lot of things that happened, um, suicidal. And so I just decided like, I don't wanna do this anymore. I wanna be happy. I know I can yeah. be happy. And so I, um, I did a lot of healing, self-healing. And now that's what I help other people with, healing anxiety, 
and getting ready for healthy relationships, creating the life of their dreams. And so it's really exciting. I love what I do. Um, I'm a co-founder of the Inner Coaching Academy with my part business partner, Vince Galito. And this is what we do. We put coaching people together in groups and we deep dive into um, healing releasing, letting go of the limiting beliefs and the core wounds and the core fears and all the things that we picked up as little children that are underneath the surface that we don't even know we're there really. We just know that we're not getting what we want. We feel terrible, we're not fulfilled and um, and that's how it manifests. And then um, that's what we, we support people with, so. Great um, introduction there, uh, Colette. Um, you know, you're the co-host and I'm so honored to have you here with us um you know we've got a time difference of about 16 hours <laughs> i'm trying to get to sleep you're just trying to get up so let's try to work this out um but you know have you been to this part of the world colette I and you know where only... singapore is located right we are at the tropical island we are, uh, we are one degree north of from the equator um between malaysia indonesia where your past president was you know Barack Obama? He spent seven years of his life here in Indonesia, right? Which is our neighbor. Have you been to any part of this this place? I have not. The farthest I've been is Thailand, but I've seen oh, pictures wow. of Singapore, and it looks oh. amazing. Yes, it's definitely on my list of places to visit. Yes, yes, yes. You will love here, but. I gotta warn uh, you and ladies and gentlemen who are tuning in, you gotta bring a bucket of American dollars because these are expensive here. Um, prices are different in, in in Singapore versus in Thailand, I would say that. Oh yeah, <laughs> Thailand's like very affordable. And, oh yeah, and you've got great service there, right? And they've got beautiful yeah. beaches and wonderful hotels. Um, definitely the price is going to be like X number of times. But you still have got the great sunshine, beautiful beach, wonderful service, uh, a great place to have business, a uh, great place to uh, take as a place for you to have a foothold in order to go to the rest of Asia. Uh, if you travel three hours, uh, around Singapore, you can access to uh, 800 million uh, people around this place and with diverse culture, religion, um, just different kinds of lives. And, and that's why people take Singapore as the um, world exchange hub. They come here, they put their bags and their luggage and then they travel around and then they come back. And it's particularly good for businesses. Um, you know, and, and never know, you never know, maybe Colette, you and Vince will come on to Singapore and then have a convention here for your Inner Coach Academy, right? That would be amazing. We would love to do an event in Singapore. <laughs> yeah, the why yeah, why not? Um, you know, that would be that would be nice to um, if you do something here because you know the world is open up um, instead of having just uh, digital uh, zoom people are having face-to-face -face meetings and people are having face-to-face -face, uh, uh, events right um, in schools in convention halls and hotels etc and today we're going to talk about um, you know last week last week we, we were going to talk about what uh, uh, the part two of last week need to uh, violence against women, um, women's abuse. I should say abuse, not women, but just abuse. 
uh, human abuse, right? Psychological, physical, mental, uh, financial, um, and also we talked a bit about you um, and your childhood when you were four years old. Um, kind of a uh, you know experience, I should say, a scar-bearing experience um, that you were being, um, I should say, put in a a position that you have to be compromised, right? And you are so young. And please, ladies and gentlemen, go below and listen to her story. Um, I, I think it's too painful for me to even want to talk about it. I don't know how people can relive it in the Me Too movement. Uh, maybe they find strength. Um, maybe they find that people can believe in them uh, more when people are coming up. Nicolette, let's talk a bit about last week before we go into what happens uh, this week because we're going to talk about Johnny Depp and Heard but not about the trial but about implications if someone were to come up whether you're a celebrity or whether you're known what's the implication of someone coming out and telling your neighbors telling your family telling the police this is what happened to me having people to deny it having people to um, kind of judge you having people to shame you having people to say that hey she's a liar don't believe her she's there for the money publicity etc having real victims um, versus against um, you know people who try people who try so um, Colette uh, would you like to talk about last week a little bit about where we stopped last week yeah so um we started talking just about the story, right? Amber Heard and Johnny Depp and the abuse that's coming out and the media and how the media is really portraying Johnny Depp as his victim and how Amber Heard is actually the abuser. And there's such short clips. And so, and they, you know, it's, it's like discrediting Amber and she's a liar and she's just doing it for attention. And so it's really like on a grand scale what I think yeah. happens to every like to every woman or every man even because yeah. both of them I I mean they're both obviously in an abusive situation together it's not one person's perfect and then the other one's doing everything like they're both uh, like guilty of the abuse yeah. against sure. each other and I think it's just like on stage what people like what most people would experience just amplified. So it's yeah. really interesting to talk about this and um, and what happens when people are experiencing these things because it's so common. It, I think it's yeah. one like I think it's like one in three women experience some kind of sexual abuse yeah. um, before college. I mean it's just yeah. that prevalent. Yeah. So if you have a room yeah. of You're women, right. You're right. like most of them will have experienced some kind of abuse, and <clears throat> a lot of people don't talk about emotional abuse. Because at least in America, it's so prevalent, the manipulation, yep. the discounting, the gaslighting. I mean, it's almost how, pe how people communicate in relationships. So yeah. it's so common that people don't even know that it is a form of abuse. Like yeah, I would say most people don't even know what a healthy relationship looks like, you know, 80%. Yes. And, and Colette, um, I would like to bring what you just said about your own personal experience because we did talk about that um, quite intensely in our last uh, talk. You know, that's why you're the best person to be talking about this because you have a life experience. 
um, you've, you have got your own experience when you were young and you were denied that kind of, um, how should I say, that belief or that trust when you came out to tell your mom at the age of 12 or 13. Um, and and right now, um, ladies and gentlemen, also collect. We are not saying who's right and who's wrong. We are not giving a judgment, who either to Johnny or to Hurt. We are just saying there's two person, right? And it just happened to be Johnny and Hurt. Just happened to be like two famous person. But it can happen to anyone. It does happen to anyone. And and because it was so personal to you. And because when you revealed this to your mom at that age, when you realized that, hey, yeah, um, I think I realized that, hey, oh my God, what happened to me was not right. I mean, such a huge thing, right? It's like the whole world just fell on you, you know? Um, I just want you to recap or and uh, encapsulate, uh, recapitulate. Um, if someone doesn't believe in you, what goes on? What happens to you? Yeah, so for me personally, because everybody's different, I can't speak for anyone but myself, but for me personally, it was very disappointing because I had mm. waited so long to even say something wow. in the first place. And mm. so I expected my mom to care, you know, or at least acknowledge and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. Why didn't you tell me? that's horrible I, I i wish that never happened you know all the things that she said to me later mm. like she didn't say mm. and so for her to just be like oh you're lying that didn't happen you would have told me before you know like the anger at mm. when I, at 12 years old it was very disappointing and it was very like oh See, That's an like understatement, right? <laughs> yeah, like I shouldn't have even bothered telling her. It was no point. I was trying to protect her. No. Oh my God, yes. You were trying to protect her on top of being disbelieved, right? You didn't want to tell her because you didn't want to have anything to happen to her that you were lied to. So um, it's like build lies building on lies. There's that this world that is like being um painted to you right and um can you imagine um i i i mean i can't imagine if you're having to carry this to the age of you know 20s 25 or 26 that it was it was like within a fight that you actually kind of trash it out with your mom right that yeah. you made her believe in you how did that transpire? Uh, well, I had started meditating. Mm. It was really interesting. So I was meditating and stuff was coming up. And I just remember one day, I was just so mad. And because um, mm. the meditation that I do is designed to bring up stuff. It's like subliminal um, binaural consciousness. Yeah. yeah, it's designed to bring stuff up. And so I remember like I was on a like a bus in Costa Rica and in the back and I was listening to my meditation, I just started crying and crying and crying. Oh, wow. And then when I got back to the US, I had to talk to with my mom and I was just so mad. And luckily at that point, she was able to be with me with it. You know, she was able to just let me yell without fighting back or, I mean, cause my mom's a strong personality. And so 
um, you know, she's a fighter. And so it was, she let me get mad and she let me have my anger and she let me just like get it all out with her. And then she was like, you know, I'm so sorry. I feel so guilty. I was going through so much. I was being abused even more than you were, um, you know, and I was on drugs and I, you know, he kept me drugged. So she kind of explained everything that was going on with her. And that gave me more compassion and why she couldn't be with it when I told her and she didn't believe me. So it really was very healing for me to, to have her um, explain like what she was going through and then also why it was too much for her. She was feeling too guilty and mm. she didn't even want to talk about that time in her life. She still doesn't. She doesn't like talking about her marriage with that with that man. Yeah. So and, and I've got to, I've got a question. Okay, when you were young, you were bullied into the situation. You were uh, pre-positioned, um, you know, physically. Um, so about this person, you know, even in a situation that if it's a child, she were being a child is being bullied in school, the classmates, you know, you you will probably will bear a lot of anger. That when will I have my vengeance back? When will this person burn to hell? No, how do you deal with this person? How did this memory, um, how do you deal with the memory? Or how do you deal, how do you deal with this person if the person is still alive? I would burn the person to hell. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I was never angry. I mean, I was, mm. I was angry with him. It's hard to mm. explain because- You're angry with yourself? I was angry with my mom. Oh, okay. I was mad at my mom because to me, my mom made the choice to be with him. Like he was just some some guy on the street or whatever, you know, some, mm. and she chose mm. to be with this man mm. and, and endure these things. And so I was, to me, it was her choice. Like I was with my mom and she brought mm. us into this situation. Mm. So I was more mad at my mother for, mm. for choosing this man than I was at him for being um, an abuser because it's like yeah. if you see someone's violent if you see someone's doing things that aren't good like why not leave you know I didn't understand you know I was so mad at that age and now I understand better how it happens I've studied all this stuff again fascinated with why these things happen yeah. um but at the time I, I didn't understand like why she would put me in that situation or herself in that situation so I was more mad at my mom than I was with him I'm like it's kind of like you have a pit bull, right? Or yeah. like you have some violent animal. Yeah, you didn't have it on the leash. Yeah, and then you're gonna be like, oh, it's a snake. You know, there's yeah. a snake mm. here. Um, let's play with it. You know, it's like, mm. to me, it's not the snake's fault, you know? Yeah, because you, 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 she had this duty to protect you as a mother. Right. A, a mother's duty is to protect a child. But that duty was broken, and that trust was broken. Let's let's bring us back to juxtapose this case with, um, you know, what's happening now in the media: Johnny Depp versus um, her. Um, would you want your case um, to be broadcast to the world? No, and that's the thing. Like, I think that's part of the reason why I never really told anyone. I told my mom and. That's pretty much it. It's like, uh, first does of all, anyone, yeah. Does anyone even it. deserve being out and shamed 
out by the public who don't even know the real details and who are just um you know trolling hate upon hate um to either side of the camps uh can you imagine if if you had told the police and then the police went to broadcast to the world um, yeah what and does it so- do to the mind of, of, of a woman or, or a man well what's person? interesting is my mom called the police numerous times oh she did husbands. Yeah. yeah when they got really yeah. violent and they were like gonna kill her she would call the police and like yeah. i remember being little and the police siding with the man it seemed like they always sided because my mom was so loud and she was so angry and because she was a loud one and, and my stepfather was quiet exactly. and, gentle, and like oh she's crazy look what i'm dealing with that yes. was, it was just she just like, look at her like going off and i had seen the whole thing right like i'd witnessed the whole thing going down mm. and then watch these police officers blame my mother for the violence and so to me it just made me realize that the, the police don't do anything really i mean now it's gotten better because as when in my teen years when she called the police they actually arrested my stepfather mm. so i think now it's changed because i was born in 79 so it was all in the, the early 80s that a lot of mm. like that happened in the 80s and so it's, it was interesting to notice the difference between the 80s and then the 90s, or late 90s, when they actually started to kind of take it a little more serious. Um, but even that, it's like um, in other towns, maybe they don't have the training, or in other countries, they don't have, the police don't have that training to see through the lies when the men are, oh, look at her, she's crazy, I, I didn't touch her, there's no marks, because if you choke someone, it doesn't show up right away, you know? Uh, or if you hit someone, you don't always get the bruises right away. And so, oh, there's no marks. I didn't hit her. We were just yelling. Look at her. She's just screaming. Yeah. Yeah. How can I be the abuser when she's the one who's abusing me? Exactly. Right. So the woman is always um, not believed. Right. right? Um, I mean, you look at, um, I mean, the the classical rape uh, trial. It is always the woman trying to prove the man wrong and the on the question uh, against the women. Um, and uh, she's always um, um, the defendant in a real rape case, uh, outrage of modesty. Uh, is the woman having trying to prove herself? Um, because the laws were made by men before, right? Um, now let's talk about the case right now. You know, if a situation like that, Johnny Depp versus her, um, two celebrities, and it's made known because it educates us. Um, it's an opportunity, I would say, that's good because it educates women, it educates men. Um, you know, what will go on in a trial? Um, and I read an article um, a couple of days ago that says that um, if the man does, or I should say that the um, accuser does win the case, in this case, uh, Johnny Depp does win the case, um, and Amber Heard is being accused um, of being an abusive uh, partner who actually caused the man to lose the income, uh, then it opens to a floodgates in the future for such situations. 
that the defendant or a situation like that that the defendant will have to prove etc and it opens to floodgates but that someone can just to prove that you um, are um, the abuser in very very um, grey areas um, I mean the article does go to say that um, it will affect uh, future men or women um, in this kind of situation it will stop them from coming out because um, number one they don't want to if they are not celebrities um, they don't want to be facing media or the public or have their lives exposed to the internet right um, I mean in the past like 20 years ago even if a trial right I mean it's still kept within the walls nobody in the world knows you can still largely live your life um, so for that reason um, and also because the damage is 15 million uh, against uh, Amber Heard is going to open the floodgates of financial um, uh, damage uh, in cases like this if you are proven uh, you know guilty so a few things goes into play here um, what's your take on a situation like if cases like that um, is exposed in the public right? yeah so I think that does stop a lot of people because to go to court, I mean, that you're taking time off of work. You know, we kind of talked about this a little bit. It's like a, a lot of people don't have the resources to take someone to court and take off work for like a couple weeks or a month to bring someone to trial. So that's one thing. Um, and then if it is on trial, I mean, if you look at this case, their text messages are being displayed, their cameras, their videos that they took privately are being used as evidence and everyone's seeing this and mm. what's interesting is it's so common it's happening in so many households and yet mm. nobody wants to talk about it everyone mm. wants to keep it like oh i'm the only one because yeah. i think that you really feel like that like i think because mm. i know i felt like that you know growing up i thought everyone else's lives were perfect and this wasn't happening to anyone. It was just my house where people were yelling and screaming. And it was very embarrassing. I didn't want to tell my friends. I didn't want to tell anyone. I didn't want to have people to my house, um, really, because I thought I was the only one. And I think um, a lot of people probably feel like that, that it's only in their house that this, this yelling and screaming is happening, or this violence, or these drugs, or whatever, um, especially as a little kid. And so to go speak out about it, and then it's like, you already feel like this is only you and there's something wrong with you because you're, you've somehow got yourself into this situation. Because a lot of victims blame themselves. Um, you know, like, oh, it is my fault because everybody else is blaming them. It's like how I was blaming my mom. Oh, this is my mom's fault for putting me in this situation. But the thing was, is like, yeah. It doesn't just happen. It's not like you go yeah. in a relationship and you think everything's gonna blow up. You yeah. go in a relationship because you love someone, right? Yeah. And it's like- I mean, you're, 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 number one, your world is already torn apart, right? Right. And now you want to um, do it again in the public um, arena. Uh, you know, of course, um, with a trial like that, um, Johnny Depp versus Hurt, or a trial like Bill Cosby, or a trial like um, Harvey Weinstein. Um, 
I mean, women feel vindicated in some ways. They feel like, yes, they are heard. Their voices are heard. Um, I'm not mad. Um, uh, you know, they can start the closure, etc. But even then, um, with people who are powerful, like Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, and Johnny Depp, with a lot, a lot of resources they've got. Um, the thing is that we're not gonna gonna say who is right and wrong. But the the women who comes out to the open, number one, far far and few. Um, they're not believed and they need to be so brave because they're going to be judged by the public, right? Would you do so, uh, Colette, if you are being called um, to, to be on trial, uh, to be a witness, for example, you know, one of the perpetrators um, that did damage uh, uh, your situation, um, will you come out to the public and then relate the situation? Will you tell the public? Um, what the context? What, what goes on to your mindset? Should I do this? Should I not do this? What do you think? I mean, that's a good question. I've never actually thought about that before. I mean, I would definitely testify against him, but at the same time, I would be really nervous <clears throat> to see him. Yeah. I mean, the way that he left my mom was, if I ever see you again, I'm going to kill you. Oh my God. And so... Yeah that fear of okay now i'm being called to trial with this guy who threatened my mom's life i don't know you know i would definitely be really torn yeah, yeah. and and i think what's happening with a public trial is that um facts are twisted facts are twisted um you can see that like what you say if you were to face this man again number one you have been a victim to face someone who has taken the power from your life, uh, you need a lot of courage. And is it necessary because you're here, right? Do I want to come out? Um, the question is, do I want to come out? Do I want to relieve the um, history because I've, it's a closed, it's a, it, it's a closed chapter. Um, I've got, I've sought um, healing now. I want to move on with my life. And do I want to open to the world? I open to my future boyfriends, or this is what happened to me because they're closed. So a lot of things do go on. And 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 the thing about this Amber Heard situation is that when she confronted a man who supposedly had abused her, or she or she felt that she was being abused, I would say from a perspective. Uh, perspective perception point of per, from her perspective there was one case that when Johnny Depp was walking and she was like stunned she kind of like moved well, I'm not quite sure if you saw that clip um, in the court uh, in the court and then the, the internet was ablaze to say that oh um, she was afraid because she did something wrong and now he passed her she was afraid you know and I interpreted totally totally differently I interpreted that she was so afraid to meet an abuser but the internet interpreted that she did something wrong that's why she's afraid to face up to the facts so i would think that um in this particular case there is such a huge movement to discredit her and to change the facts uh in uh, against her like he is the one who's charismatic is the star he's a celebrity he's hilarious um, every move he makes you know it's like wow he's meeting with these fans and paparazzi you know he's still a smooth actor um, but for her she is the crazy woman um, uh, you know very negative uh, connotation even to the 
to the to, to the point of slanderous. So we not knowing the situation, in this situation, does it not reflect? Um, is it not like a reflection about how your mom has gone through it before when she was talking to the police? Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. There's just so much victim shaming, and I'm guilty of it too. You know, like I said, I blame my mom, and it's not my mom's fault that she was getting beaten. You know, and so. I mean, it is for staying, but you know what I'm saying? Like this man was beating her, it's his fault for beating her. But I feel like as a society, at least in America, it's like, oh, even, it doesn't matter how horrible the man is, even with rape, it's like, it doesn't matter like what the man does, it's the woman's fault for wearing the, the too short dress, or it's the woman's fault for drinking too much. It's the woman's fault for being in the situation in the club where the guy can take her going home with him. And it's like, no, it's the man's fault for raping her. That's it. There's no, it doesn't matter the circumstances. It doesn't matter like what she did. And I think we're really starting to educate um, as a society now that, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, it's same thing with abuse. It doesn't matter what the woman said. Like, if the guy is yelling and screaming and, and he's still, you know, it's his fault, you know? It takes two mm. people to fight. It takes two people to argue. And so I think there is yeah. a lot of victim shaming. So as a as someone coming victim forward. Shaming. Yeah. yeah. And, and before the trial is even over, before right. the truth is being tested, um, a final question, um, uh, you know, your final thoughts in what does this do to future women? You know, we've we've talked about, um, you know, the Me Too movement. You know, I did communicate with Rose McGowan once in her Instagram. We actually kind of chatted in the PM, private messaging. Um, that was when she first came out. Um, she was kind of like being brushed away because she came out as so strong. You know, she's trying to accuse Harvey Weinstein. Um, and you've got the other uh, more demure women. They're more like believable because they were pre uh, prepositioned, um, you know, uh, in the hotel room, etc. But you know, uh, Rose McGowan, she's strong, she's aggressive. Uh, she seems that she's someone who can uh, take care of herself. She will stand up. Uh, why was she even talking about me too? She should not be in me too. No, I did talk to her. Um, in a person, you know, private messaging briefly uh, in Instagram, you know, she said that no one believed her. Um, and what do you think right now with the Me Too movement, um, you know, Weinstein, she had just, there were about 60 people who accused him, but only just a handful of women brought him to court, right? Because the rest of the women, they're so, so, um, I can't, I think they shied away from going to court. Um, it's not a good experience, particularly in an American court. Um, I don't know about the Singapore court because in Singapore, they tried to make it um, kind of like anonymous so that the names are uh, reducted uh, and, and the public trials, uh, if you apply it, if it's valid, they will not publish your names to protect the victim because that there could be a lot of risk if this goes out in public. You know, a lot of revenge on the victim. If, you know, the perpetrator is even being sent to jail when he's released, he's going to come after you, right? Um, so, you know, are, it does this set back um, this movement, um, Colette, if this is now out in the open and people are not believing in uh, Amber Heard? 
and it just happens to be uh, a celebrity. Does that set back uh, the movement? Well, I think you brought up a really important point for victims coming forward. It's they're scared of this person, probably. Like most people are scared of their perpetrator. They're, like if they've been abused, if they've been, you know, violated, they don't want to the the guy, the person, to know where they are. You know, and so to go. They're still forward, alive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, there's so many women that have gotten restraining orders or gone to the police and men don't care. They just walk right through and kill them. I mean, that happens. Oh, wow. It's very prevalent. I mean, a piece of paper, restraining order, going to the police in a lot of cases can be life threatening because these oh, men wow. will kill them. They don't care. Oh, you know, God. they get crazy at that point and they're just like, I want her gone. And so yeah. as you're speaking, it, that's what was coming up for me. I was thinking about that. It's like, even just going to court, it's like most women would rather just hide, never see the person again and never have to think about it and just heal on their own. Because even with, I mean, Harvey Weinstein, you think about the resources, the money, yeah. the lawyers, you can get the best lawyers, they can frame it however they want. And then he can probably hire someone to kill them, you know? And so oh my God. Yes. to make it look like an accident, you know, I mean, there's so yeah. many things that could happen. So I can see mm. people not wanting to stand up, like, you know, all the women, most of the women didn't want to go to trial. It's like, who wants to see the guy that raped them or, you know, that violated them again? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God, you have brought up a very, very valid point. And coming from you, um, Colette, um, I kind of like feel the chills, you know? Um, it, it's scary um, if you're going to meet the person again because because if you do meet because in, in Singapore the statistic shows that out of uh, out of five uh, women two are in the workplace out of five women two are sexually um, harassed uh, or have been attempted um, sexually uh, or harassment uh, you know, attempted uh, uh, sexual harassment on women. So I, I think that uh, these women would still want to be kept anonymous um, because of the fear. Um, no matter you say the police is going to um, protect you, you know, you're still going to walk in the street alone at, at night in the dark. You're still going to open your door alone. Um, you don't want to be looking behind your shoulder and feeling the fear that am I going to, um, when I hear a song, am I going to feel afraid? You don't want to have that kind of life. So women just wants to close the chapter, move somewhere and run away and not even want to have that, to relive that again and to be haunted by the memories. Uh, Colette, how do you and your mom face this person and how do you like, you know, um, how should I say, um, gather your lives again. How do you do that, Colette? What's your advice for people? Well, my mom actually moved to a different city. I mean, that's what, like oh, she wow. sent me to a whole other, across the country to live with my oh. family in New York. And, like we're from California. And then she moved to a whole different city and just oh disappeared basically. Cause I mean, that's kind of what you have to do for something like, in some situations. And that's not easy because not everybody has those resources. The resources. Not everybody has family somewhere that they can go and stay. And so yeah. that's like, I got lucky, I guess, because I, yeah. we did. 
have the resources. And I remember like being with my dad in New York and my stepfather called and my dad didn't know really anything that was happening. And so he let me talk to him. And I remember my stepfather asking me where my mother was and being so glad that he didn't know. Oh my God. And I said, I don't know either. And I just didn't, I didn't, I hung up. And and, and so, and to and to tell everyone, Kalei, you're not a celebrity. You're just a normal Main Street person. It does happen to every normal human being. Oh, me, yeah. this is scary. Can it, oh my goosebumps. <laughs> I mean, it's real, you know, and it, yeah. it's common. That's the sad thing is it's common, oh, wow. you know, here in America, and I'm sure in other countries. And we've done so much. I'm like, we're so grateful for the Me Too movement. And I'm so grateful. Like you said, in, in the workplace in Singapore, there's a lot of harassment. Like everybody gets trained here in America against sexual harassment and they're, they're, they get resources. I mean, it's a big deal here in America, yeah, sexual yeah. harassment in the workplace. And so, yeah. you know, men have like this zero tolerance policy. People can get in trouble. Not to say it doesn't happen. I'm sure it still does. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's easy to brush it off, right? Oh, we were flirting or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It came on to sure. me. I mean, there's just a lot of victims. Yes. Yeah. Colette, what's your final words or final advice for women who are still very silent and haven't told anyone, I'm sure they will be or they are right now. That you're not alone. That even it might feel like you're the only one going through this. There's so many women and so many people, because men too, there's so many men being abused as well. You're not alone. This isn't just you in your house. This is happening all over the world, abused just like yours. And you might feel stuck there's resources do whatever you can to get help and and heal because that's a big part like there's a reason you went into this relationship it's not your fault um it's just the circumstances that happen you have the hope maybe your childhood um you're not healed from childhood wounds and so now you're taking it into your relationships um so i just or they could come to your uh, inner academy <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you're definitely welcome <laughs> invited to come to the inner coaching academy and to our programs and get coaching and, and heal around this yeah. work with me yeah. or vince or charlie yeah. um but reach out to people tell people tell yeah. your friends tell, tell people, people you trust tell your girlfriend yes yeah. Yeah, sometimes we can rationalize it in our head. Oh, it's not mm. that bad. It's not a big deal. Mm. Oh, he was just mad. Oh, he was just drunk. It was just a one-time thing. We're so good at rationalizing things to make it seem like it's not a big deal or it's okay. But once we start telling people and hearing from our friends, like, oh, wow, that doesn't sound healthy. That doesn't sound okay. Um, then you kind of realize, okay, good. It's not just me. I'm not alone. It's not just me feeling like, like I'm the wrong. I'm the bad person. So yeah, yeah. that's that's powerful coming from you, Colette. Um, you're coming from your life experience, and and then you're developing a program to help uh, victims. Um, to to wrap up, I can almost think like um, an analogy. If you are confronted with a violent person in front of you who's going to rob you. Um, you don't want to fight with that person. You want to just run away if you are. You know you are the, you you are weaker than than that 
that person, the monster, right? You want to run away. You don't want to confront. You want to take out the knife to try to fight. You want to just like, kind of like just get out. You know, I mean, that's an analogy. You don't want to even confront the person because um, you, I don't know, you may compromise the situation or you just want to lead a new life. Um, you just want to move away. Um, if, if that analogy fits um, Colette, maybe it's just oversimplifying um, that situation. Colette, thank you so much for part one and part two. Um, I can't tell you enough and thank you enough for part one and part two of um, violence against women, um, the state of our world, the show the state of our world. Um, you know, the world is always changing. Um, we hope that the Me Too movement has gained momentum for victims, men or women, or even children. Um, let them gain some strength, uh, strength in numbers to say that, hey, I'm not alone. There are people, and, and like what you say, there are uh, support groups, right? Um, support groups, anonymous groups that uh, you can reach out to to support you. Um, Colette, would you like to give everyone your website where they can reach out to you to get help if they need? Yeah, please reach out to me. Uh, my personal website is my name, ColetteGallagher.com, C-O-L-E-T-T-E, -T -T -E, Colette, and then Gallagher, G-A-L-L-A-G-H-E-R, which is on the, on the screen. So if you're watching this live in the video, you can see my name. So it's just ColetteGallagher.com. Um, or you can find out about the coaching programs at InnerCoachingAcademy.com, which is also on the screen. So Inner, I-N-N-E-R, coaching c-o-a-c-h-i-n-g which i will put it in the description description yes thank you um so academy.com so those are the two places you can i'm also on facebook instagram just search for my name colette gallagher wow. um i i'd love to hear your story i'd love to hear from you and just know what's going on wow and coming from you that's powerful um you know i think what you say has empowered a lot of silent victims um, definitely, um, there is strength in numbers and there is strength in support group. Um, you know, getting it out of your mind, getting out of your being, you know, sharing it. Instead of being, um, you know, all bottled up, it kind of eats into your soul. So please reach out to Colette um, Laurie Gallagher, um, where she can find, look at the description below. Um, it's such a powerful um, two episodes we had. Um, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, I mean, it doesn't just, you don't limit yourself to America because this is a borderless world. <laughs> Wherever you are, reach out to Colette, right? Yes, yes, please. Um, yes, and thank okay. you. Thank you so much for having me. Obviously, this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. And the more we can talk about it, the more we can share it, the more we can educate people and encourage people yeah. that it's not okay it's time to it's time to heal it's time to grow so we don't perpetuate the abuse yeah so. wonderful colette i hope that you can come back for my new season um the morning breakfast show we can talk more on this to reach out to more people the conversation should start it should not stop with uh harvey weinstein being put behind bars it shouldn't stop there it seems that it has stopped you know it should continue um, and the movement should not um, uh, slow down, even with uh, the Amber Heard situation. We do not know who's right and wrong. Let the jury have their day. Thank you so much, Colette. So 
great one hour review. Um, ladies and gentlemen, come back uh, to State of Our World. Um, myself signing off from Singapore, Vicky Esther Chang and Colette Laurie, uh, Laurie Gallagher over there. Um, all the best. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much, Colette. Um, I've Thank stopped you. the live stream, um, but this is uh, is going to go it's going to go um, in podcast recorded podcast. Um, definitely, I'd like to invite you again for my uh, next uh, time for the morning breakfast show, and then we can again talk about these topics. Um, talk about what you do for uh, inner coaching, um, etc. Um, great to have you, Colette. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you. All right. Bye. Bye. Text me. Okay. Bye. Okay.